Hey, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we are diving into our comic book episode of the month. And from some of the previews we dropped in the last few episodes, uh, you've probably already guessed that this month is centered around Spider-Man uh, after Spider-Man No Way Home just came out in theaters. Uh, if you remember from some of the past episodes, uh, I had found some, uh, call them rumors or speculation about uh, what some of these potential comic book storylines would be. Obviously, there are some very obvious ones like Spider-Man uh, One More Day, uh, but I had forgotten about the, the Happy Birthday Saga, which is something that we're going to look into as well, along with Spider-Man One Moment in Time. So uh, as uh, we've stated on a couple episodes, and I will put it in the notes, the show notes for this episode, uh, the issues that we're going to be talking about are all center around the same amazing Spider-Man run. Uh, there's some little variations here and there, but for those of you curious, uh, the numbering changed. So when they, they redid this comic series, uh, they renumbered it starting with Spider-Man number one or Amazing Spider-Man number one. And then from there, uh, they renumbered again at issue 59 changing it to Spider-Man issue 500, going back to the legacy numbering. So the first thing that we'll be discussing is the happy birthday story arc, which is issues 57, 58, and that issue 500, again, issue 59, uh, but they label it as 500. From there, we will be diving into Spider-Man One More Day, which is four separate issues. Uh, they kind of crossed over from multiple comic book storylines at that time. So there were, uh, they've, they've been doing this for years, but at one point they had multiple Spider-Man uh, lines going at the same time. So they had the Amazing Spider-Man, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, and Sensational Spider-Man. So if you're reading this on Marvel Unlimited, uh, it's very easy to find this one. You can just type in the search one more day and there'll actually be a reading guide with all four of these issues but if you're also looking to hunt them down the issues are amazing spider-man 544 and 545 that's the beginning and the final issue uh, and then in between you have friendly neighborhood spider-man issue number 24 and sensational spider-man issue number 41 from there, uh, we'll be discussing Spider-Man One Moment in Time, which is from that same line, uh, issues 638 through 641. So in total, uh, this should be come out to be 11 issues, uh, which isn't that bad. Again, I, I breezed through them. They were very quick reads. Uh, very exciting to read Spider-Man one more day. Uh, we'll get to it when we get to it, but that was a kind of a pivotal moment in comics for me, uh, just as a comic book collector, comic book reader back when those issues came out. Uh, it was funny. And like I said, we'll get to it in more detail, but that was, there's a lot of controversy around that series and uh, I ended up loving it. So uh, we will dive right in. And again, we will start with Spider-Man, ha the happy birthday story. So Spider-Man Happy Birthday. This was actually some of the first uh, comics, syndicated comics that I had ever read. Uh, I know I, I've shared this a couple of times. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. He's the first superhero that I ever met and grew up on. Uh, I just, I, I found a lot of relation to Peter Parker in a sense. I, I felt a lot of those similarities of being the uh, the nerd in school who you know is constantly tripping over himself and uh, though I'm sure my experience was probably not as dire as his with his Parker luck uh, I, I think there's a universal kind of understanding with his character that why is why is so popular there's so many people who just relate to that whole you know you try your best and sometimes your best isn't even enough uh, and then also just when, you know, things aren't going right for you and you're just trying to pay your bills, just trying to pay your rent. And there's just all these little things that always kind of get in the way. Uh, just a very relatable storyline. And it was very interesting, too, at that time for comic books. It wasn't something that, you know, came around very often. Typically, the superhero genre, these superheroes, were like, they're like Superman. They were perfect. Obviously, they, you know, they had their flaws that made them interesting. But there really hadn't been a story about, you know, a teenage kid who had to deal with losing his uncle in such a tragic way and kind of having that uh, go into his character 
for the rest of the story. And so as the story kind of goes along, you, you learn a lot about Peter Parker throughout all of these uh, 500 issues. But uh, I had read a lot of his early things. So I'd say probably the first maybe 40 issues of Amazing Spider-Man way back in the day. And that was just through, uh, I had these Barnes and Noble trade paperbacks that I would buy every, uh, every year when, uh, when I finished school, we would get uh, awards for our grades at school. And so they would typically give out like a, it was like a $15 or $20 gift certificate to the Stonebriar Mall, if any of my uh, Texas uh, listeners out there are familiar, uh, in Frisco. And we lived so far away. So it was always uh, such a treat to kind of make that journey out to, uh, to Frisco to go to the mall. And I would always use my gift card at Barnes and Noble. There was a Barnes and Noble there. And the first time that I had gone there, they had this really cool, it was like a paperback version of the Marvel Masterworks. And uh, those are typically smaller sized, very expensive uh, hard covers where they've kind of remastered, like it's usually like 10 issues of the comic and usually the old comics. And for some reason, they had a Barnes and Noble edition that was a paperback and it was like 12 bucks. And so I used my gift card on that one year. And then I did it again for the second and third ones when they had come out with those. So I grew up on those. I Those were my first comics that I ever read. And I really fell in love with Spider-Man. Again, he's very relatable. And from there, though, you know, kind of went on about my life. I never knew how to collect comics. No one ever told me. So I had no idea about comic shops and all of that. And when I first got into actually collecting comics, that was as I've shared in the Civil War episode during Marvel's Civil War, uh, which was right around Amazing Spider-Man 532, I believe. And uh, so still was within this J. Michael Straczynski run uh, that he had started back at the almost beginning of this. I think it starts at like issue 30 or something like that. Uh, but then when I moved to Colorado, our library in Douglas County was is actually, I don't know if it's still the case, but it was one of the most funded libraries in the United States. And it was something that my brother and I, uh, my whole family, actually, we really uh, used to our benefit. You know, you could rent out movies as the first time you ever saw. I'd ever seen, you know, being able to rent out a movie at a library, uh, CDs as well. But the really cool thing was they actually did comic books. And so they had all kinds of graphic novels, hardcover, softcover. And they even had this thing that uh, I may or may not have abused over the years where you could actually request request things. So like if the library didn't have a book, you could type in, you know, hey, here's what the book title is. Here's the ISBN number. And they would either try and find it at a neighboring library. And if they couldn't find it, they would buy it. And that was the coolest thing in the world because that's how I got my comic reading in. Uh, that was way before Marvel Unlimited. So I would request these comic books, uh, these graphic novels, and they would come straight to the library. Uh, and it, it was cool. It kind of felt like I was laying the groundwork for future people to be able to read these stories. Uh, is a weird side tangent, but I had a buddy, this had to have been when I was uh, probably a sophomore or junior in high school, but him and I, I had come up with a business plan for the, uh, for the library to kind of have us be their comic book gurus. Uh, we had said like, okay, you know, if you let us run this, because again, and I even told them like, I'll volunteer, like you don't even need to pay me, but this would be kind of like a job where we would, you know, plan out what comic books would come into the library. We could set up single issues for readers so that they could read single issues. And then also a steady flow of the actual collected editions coming in as well. Uh, they loved the idea uh, so much that I don't think they ever, I mean, they told us that it wasn't feasible, but, you know, a couple weeks later, we did start seeing a lot more comic book activity at the place. Uh, again, I was happy either way because uh, uh, more comics is always better. Uh, but while there, they had the collected editions of J. Michael Straczynski's full run. And so I, devout, I devoured those. I had uh, read all of them uh, starting from the very beginning. And so I had read this Happy Birthday series and uh, kind of, I guess it, you could say it went, went in one ear and out the other. Obviously, I've read a lot of comics in the day, but I'd forgotten about this. So when the trailer for No Way Home came out 
And I believe it was heavy spoilers that talked about it. And for those of you that follow along with each episode, I did mention that in the last one. So I'd like to correct that. I said there was a YouTube channel that was uh, doing a review on the alleged Doctor Strange trailer at the time. I think I said it was Emergency Awesome. It was not. It was heavy spoilers. But uh, heavy spoilers had talked about this happy birthday run. And I was like, oh, I think I read that. And then I looked up. I was like, oh, yeah, I did. And it'd been so long since I'd read it again. It's probably been like 15 years. And so I was really excited to dive into this one uh, more so than the others. Uh, Actually, they all equally excited me because uh, and and we'll get to those ones. But let's dive into Happy Birthday. So this series uh, is super short. Uh, Obviously, the the 500th issue is a quote unquote supersized issue. But even back then, uh, I think they had a different definition of supersized because I think it's just the equivalent of what a 499 comic would be today, like 40 pages or 50 pages, something like that, Uh, which is still good. Hey, any amount of comics is good comics, like I said, but it's only three issues. So this is actually a really quick story, but it really does tie into Spider-Man No Way Home. So um, for this one, uh, it starts out in New York, and we get a, we get to see a Spider-Man again. Really cool, kind of uh, mingling with other heroes. Uh, we see him with the Fantastic Four. We see him with Iron Man, with Thor. And what's happening is there is an invasion of the Mindless Ones in New York. So they uh, somehow have invaded into our dimension and uh, are wreaking havoc. There's thousands of them. And Mr. Fantastic comes up with a kind of device, as he always seems to, and says, you know, we can use this device, we can send them back, and uh, everything should be as it was. And I think even Peter is the one who speaks up and says something like, are you sure about this? You know, we don't really know the extent of this sort of stuff. And, And Mr. Fantastic agrees. He says, yeah, you know, we don't, but we also don't have the luxury to wait And so they use this machine, which kind of lights up the mindless ones. It looks like they're sending them away. But then all of a sudden we get Dr. Strange who shows up and says like, what are you doing? No, Uh, he says that he has splintered the essence of Dormammu uh, from some prior fight uh, and has kind of sent him to all ends of the, the universe in a sense. So That way he can't uh, come back. He has split him up into so many different pieces. And he says that if there was some sort of thing, like the thing that Mr. Fantastic created, uh, used Dormammu could reconstitute himself. And that is what happens at the end of the first issue is Dormammu returns. And it was funny. I was like, wait, so how does this work with No Way Home? And I was like, okay, you know, you you gotta kind of keep reading. And so you get into the next issue and now, you know, he's like, okay, you should have listened to me. It's funny too. Again, this, this was written probably in the, I think it was either the late, not maybe not late nineties, but early two thousands. And uh, no one seems to like Dr. Strange. They're all like, oh, you know, where were you when we were getting, which is actually really funny because they call that out in no way home. And uh, for those of you, again, who haven't seen No Way Home, we are going to be talking spoilers about it. We haven't said any of them yet, but I'm about to say one right now. At the very end, when uh, Doctor Strange shows up and uh, he's he meets all of the Spider-Men and he's like, I've been dangling over the Grand Canyon for 12 hours. And Toby was like, what were you doing in the Grand Canyon? And then Andrew's like, yeah, we, he could have used your help. And uh, that's almost identical to what they say in the story. He, he, you know, the, I think is Iron Man or Thor is like, where have you been? We could have used your help. And he's like, you know, I've got other things that I'm taking care of, but now I am going to take care of this. So he's, you know, casting all these spells and trying to fight Dormammu and Dormammu is really taunting him saying like, you know, you can't defeat me. You'd have to die if, uh, if you're going to defeat me. And he says, I'd die a thousand times if it meant defeating you. And I have no problem with that, which just goes to show you how dedicated Dr. Strange is. But as he's casting the spell, Spider-Man is swinging around and ends up in the vicinity of the spell. And so on uh, on page 11 of the second issue, issue number 58, uh, Spider-Man shows up right in front of Dr. Strange and he says, you shouldn't be here. Your presence is changing the dynamic of the spell get out while you still can. And then he says, no. And, and, you know, uh, strange says no, because the uh, something's going wrong and a giant explosion takes place. And then from there, it just goes into complete blackness. And uh, Spider-Man starts talking about, you know, oh, am I dead? 
uh, you know, what happened? And Dr. Strange is like, please stop talking. And he just keeps asking him to stop talking because, you know, Spider-Man, he'll, he'll keep talking. But he says, it's taking all of my power to reconstitute our physical forms in a place outside the physical. He says, I'm sworn to protect our dimension from Dormammu and all their entities. Uh, once up to his full strength, no one could oppose him. And my purpose was to force him to act before his strength was fully controlled and then turn it until you were both torn apart and scattered into the dimensional winds is kind of what Spider-Man says. And he says, yeah, um, you know, extreme problems often require extreme solutions. Uh, but he says, your presence alarmed Dormammu and he countered in a way I had not expected. The mystical equation was altered. And so Spidey's happy about that, but he says, you know, I'm not willing to risk the life of the universe ex itself to, uh, you know, to try and fix some of this stuff. But he says, unfortunately, time is now all that we have. And he says, uh, you know, I think we've kind of reconst he reconstitutes them, but he says, welcome to the void, the long pre-creation hesitation, which existed before there was time and space and remains forever outside them both. And Spider-Man, that being Spider-Man, is just kind of like, you know, we're trapped outside time and space. Don't you just hate it when that happens? And he says, then this has happened to you before. He says, no, uh, but I figured it'd probably happen to you. But if it hadn't, I was, you know, trying to keep a positive outlook like this happens all the time. And he says, it may be in, within my power to return us to our dimension, uh, but it is definitely within my power to leave you here. <laughs> and uh, just strange always is so irritated with Spider-Man. Uh, but he, he starts trying to do this spell. And uh, he says, you know, he's Spider-Man even says, you know, I hate all of this magical stuff. And he, you know, afterwards, he says, I think it worked. And so they zap him back to New York. They both be, they both get back, but it's too late. They've come back and New York is absolutely destroyed. And they, uh, they he basically says, you know, we're outside of time. So you are seeing the moments before Dormammu arrived and the future after all were slain trying to stop him. But for the moment, it still remains a possible future. And I loved this conversation that he has with him. He talks about Schrodinger's cat, uh, which is one of my favorite concepts. And it's funny, I used to always think that I learned about Schrodinger's cat from before Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan, funny enough also written by J. Michael Straczynski. So he clearly is a fan of this theory, this concept. Uh, and I thought that it was in that, but I think it was in this because he does the same thing here. And for those of you that don't know what Schrodinger's cat is and haven't read this issue, uh, it's, he says Schrodinger had this idea that if you put a cat in a box where there is a 50-50 chance of poison gas being put into the box, until you open the box, the cat is neither alive nor dead but in a state where it's both alive and dead. Once you open the box, the quantum possibilities collapse into one reality, a dead cat or a live cat. This is a concept that I think about at least once a week. I feel like this is something I always think about when I'm preparing for something or, you know, thinking about something to say, you know, there exists in this one reality right now, uh, you know, a time where, and I, I think about it like this, like for all our Marvel shows, you know, there's a reality where we haven't watched Hawkeye yet. And then there's the reality where you have watched Hawkeye yet or Spider-Man or whatever it is, or just this idea that there's multiple realities that exist. And until you actually do that thing, all of those realities exist at one time. It's a really fun concept to think about. So Dr. Strange is essentially explaining that that's where we are right now. And so he says that we, you know, we're in this place, we got to kind of figure out where how to get out here. But this is kind of an, a journey for you too. Uh, and so Spider Man very quickly sees that as he's jumping to try and save uh, Mary Jane from a mindless one and shows up at a grave of Aunt May. And uh, it says, you know, rest in peace, May Parker. And there's a very old man sitting there saying, uh, you know, goodbye, May, I love you. And this person puts on a really cool Spider Man costume. And we realize, this is the Spider-Man of the future, uh, an old Peter Parker. But then at the exact same time, we see him in the past and we see a Spider-Man where he uh, he doesn't, it, it's not that he doesn't become Spider-Man and it kind of ends this way where you see in the future, the old Spider-Man is about to be arrested 
And then it says in the past, it looks as though we're about to see the spider, you know, him get bit by the spider. And he says, we are inside the moment between moments. We may even be able to affect what happens when the quantum possibilities collapse into one reality, our reality, our future. And that leads us into this very, uh, yeah, and it's only 38 pages. That's what's funny. But uh, this, this third issue of uh, issue 500. And so this 500th issue, again, happy birthday, part three, we get a really cool, I love this opening uh, splash page of, uh, again, between the, the, the past and the future. I'm lost in time, caught between what was, what is, and what may be, caught between moments, caught between possibilities, with the potential to change it all. Behind me is New York and the mindless ones and Dormammu and the death of every hero in the superhero phone book, unless I can get back there. What do I do? Where do I go? And most important, what do I dare to do? Uh, and from here, he says, yeah, you know, I'm looking at, at me at 17, which is interesting because he got bit by a spider at 15. As the irradiated spider falls towards my hand, I'm looking at me older, much older. And somehow I know this is the end. This is my last stand. Uh, his, so he's really looking at his beginning and his end. He could stop the spider from ever biting himself or he could step in and save his future self from what's coming, uh, but he doesn't know. And so at this point, we get to see this really interesting conversation between him and I think a police officer. Uh, but, you know, he says, you knew I was. Oh, and the police officer is talking with the other Spider-Man. And so he's just very regretful. And, uh, you know, even they they know who he is because he says, hey, Pete, I get it. Um, but then he looks back. I love this. The, the future Spider-Man looks back because Peter Parker, the OG, is hiding behind this, this uh, tombstone of Aunt May. And Spider-Man says, there's nothing you can do. Even if you try, time is about to flip again. Just remember what you've seen here. I can't warn you about what's coming because if you know, you'll only make things worse. It's better this way. Better for me, better for MJ. And better for our son. His name is Ben but it would have pretty much have to be, wouldn't it? And uh, he says, we had a good run and MJ never stopped loving us. Even when it all went bad, nothing else matters. And he just goes and lays waste to these SWAT members, uh, which was just insane. And uh, then we kind of get a thing here. And I guess maybe this is him talking, saying, you know, tell Mary Jane that you love her, tell her every night, tell her every morning and as gently as you can make her understand that we all fall sooner or later Nobody lives forever. Nobody gets a free pass. What matters is that you go down fighting and you go down clean, clean. And, and then he gets shot. And so from there, he goes to try and stop the spider. And he says the same thing. He says, I can't do it. He says, uh, you know, he says, God help me. I'm sorry, Ben. I can't. I can't. And, you know, he gets bit by the spider and Spider-Man kind of freaks out. And then he's back in the ether and he, you know, is trying to find him. And sent, you know, he's lost at this point and he's lost in time. And so from here, he gets thrown through all these different realities where he has to fight all of his old villains. And so he first one he fights is Sandman. And then in the whole time, you know, uh, Dr. Strange is saying, like, follow my voice, like, come back to me. And then he's fighting Vulture and then he's fighting Lizard. And then from there, he fights Electro. And you're sensing a pattern here that, uh, you know, he's fighting all of these people that uh, are from the movie. And it's a, this exact same concept. He fights Mysterio, it looks like here, too. Uh, he ends up fighting the Hulk. We see him in his famous moment from Spider-Man Homecoming. That's also from, obviously, the Spider-Man comics, uh, where he is stuck under the giant bit of rubble and he fights his way out. He can't give up. Uh, and he continues to follow this voice, but then he's up at the bridge and he's having to deal with losing Gwen again uh, from the Green Goblin. And then from there, he says, you know, he just loses his mind. He kind of fractures his mind. He says, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I, I look at all of the things I've done, everything that's happened, and it's just nonstop fighting, violence, madness. And I've let people die, people I cared about, people I loved. What's the point? And he says, I don't care. And he's and, and Dr. Strange says, the greatest gift we can receive is to have the chance just once in our lives to make a difference. Do you understand how many gifts you have received? How many times you have made a difference? Enough for a hundred lifetimes. 
He says, if you stop now, then all the times you made a difference before now were for nothing. And all of those you care about now today will most certainly die. But you already know this. And he says, I know, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired, doc. I'm so tired all of a sudden. I try not to look back because some days it feels like I'll just drown under the weight of everything I've done, everything I've had to do. And I wonder if it was worth it. He says, Spider-Man. He says, yeah, you're asking the wrong question. And he says, well, then what's the right question? He says, we must go now. And he goes, I know, I know. And so then from there, he follows his voice. He fights through all of these villains. We get this gorgeous splash page of him fighting literally every villain he's ever fought, which is just so cool. And then all of a sudden, he's back. He's back in New York. He's fighting with these people. And he is brought back just in time to tell them all not to use this machine so that they don't wake up Dormammu and pull him in. And so uh, just amazing. Dr. Strange shows up you know, fixes all of it with his magic as well and tells Spider-Man, we must speak. And he says, I, you know, I found myself back here again. I knew what I had to do. And he says, you, but you did well. And that's what matters. And he says, uh, but curiously, he goes, I found something in my pocket at the end of our battle. And it is for you. It's a gift, a special gift for what I have reason to believe may be a very special day. And Spider-Man says, oh crap, I nearly forgot. It's my birthday. They're going to be waiting for me. He says, and, and then go and may, may the luck of the Vishanti, you know, smile on you. And so he makes it back. His family celebrates his birthday. And this is so amazing. And we didn't really get this in a sense in No Way Home, but we kind of got a version of this. But he takes this little box outside. He says, I'm going to go get some air. And in this box, it says, a little note says, you have five minutes, spend them as you wish. And he looks down at it and then you hear, hello, Peter. And behind him is Uncle Ben alive. And so Uncle Ben tells him this, uh, and I, I get emotional even reading it because this, anytime you bring back Uncle Ben is always a good time. And he's just kind of trying to get some wisdom from Uncle Ben. And he says, you know what? He says like, you know, I, I feel like I've disappointed you. And he says, you know what would disappoint me if you didn't reach for the kind of life I wanted for you, if you settled for less because you were afraid of reaching for more, if you walked away from what you believe even once, have you done that? And he says, no, no, I haven't. And he says, then I taught you right and your life has meaning. And he's just, you know, he keeps going. He goes, I have these abilities. I just, there's things you need to know. And he says, and there you're right. There's one question I have to ask you, Peter an important question so that I can sleep easy. He says, whatever it is you do now, whatever it is you've become, tell me this, Peter, are you happy? And he just, and Ben says, we all go through pain. We all lose people we care about. We all suffer. We all get hurt. It's the price of being human. But at the end of the day, do you like your life? Are you happy, Peter? And he essentially says, you know, yeah, I, I am. I am happy. I'm, I don't know how I'm so lucky, but I am. And he says, then that's the only thing that matters. And he says, I've missed you, Peter. I love you. You know, he says, I love you too, Ben. And he says, goodbye, Pete. Take care of May for me. And then he disappears. And so from here, he, you know, he gets back with MJ and MJ says, happy birthday, Peter, and gives him a little kiss. And, uh, and that's how the story ends. And it's just, just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, just a very sweet story. Again, we get some really cool bits here about, uh, you know, pulling in all of these different villains from the multiverse. Obviously, they did it very different in the comics, but you can see that through line. The fact that Peter messes up the spell, uh, that's another piece of it as well. And uh, you just kind of go from there. So I, I really enjoyed it. Again, it's a shorter story. Uh, but it, it definitely has some interesting things that I think Marvel pulled into the movie. So from there, we're going to dive into one more day, which is, uh, like I said, this, I'm going to probably talk a little bit more about it than the story. Uh, it's, a, it's not that it's a convoluted story. Uh, it's a, in my opinion, it's a very beautiful story, but, uh, and I took some screenshots that I wanted to call out in it as well. Um, there's this bit where, um, so essentially uh, at this point in time, the Civil War is over. Spider-Man has revealed his identity, much like Mysterio did in No Way Home and Far From Home. Uh, and he, so everyone knows that he's Spider-Man, which has its ups and obviously has its downs. And so at this point in time, Kingpin uh, is trying to get revenge on Spider-Man. 
And the worst part about it, I, I'm trying to remember if it happens before or after, but he puts a hit out on Aunt May. And, uh, or he puts a hit out on Peter Parker and the guy ends up trying to shoot Peter Parker and instead uh, hits Aunt May. And so she's mortally wounded and has to go to the hospital and she's on life support and they don't think that she's going to make it. And there's just, I mean, there's so many bits in here. I mean, he's at the hospital. He's unmasked the entire time. And he says that, uh, you know, there's a doctor and I loved this whole thing. They really kind of went into it, which was pretty funny, but you know, oh, how, how are you going to be able to pay for this? And he's, you know, oh, we can't do charity here sort of thing. And Spider-Man's like, well, I have no money. Like the Avengers kicked me out. I am on the wanted list because I've been unmasked, but he isn't saying this to the doctor at all, but he's telling the doctor, like, I know, like, we'll get it figured out. And the doctor's like, I'm really, I'm sorry. I really am. But then as he's leaving, the doctor says, just a minute. And he says, what? He says, I just wanted to know, I know what you're feeling. He says, you have no idea what I'm feeling, which is funny because that's identical to the lines that uh, Spider-Man says to Spider-Man in No Way Home uh, on the uh, top of the chapel at school. Uh, But he says, I think I do. I had an uncle who almost died two years ago. He was in an accident and uh, Spider-Man saved him. And he hands him the newspaper with Spider-Man's unmasking. He said, I made a promise that if I ever had the chance to return the favor, I would. I'll do what I can to hide her, but the hospital needs what the hospital needs. I can't change that. Without insurance, without money, they're going to ask questions and I won't be able to stall forever. And he says, you know, you won't have to. I'll make sure of it. And he, we just, the art on this is insane. So again, J. Michael Michael Straczynski is doing the writing on all of these two stories. Uh, And then on that first one, the art was by the amazing John Mermita Jr., um, but then this story is art by Joe Casada, which at the time, I believe he was the editor in chief of Marvel. And this is where the controversy comes in because there's a lot of, uh, you know, stories about here and there whispers that, uh, they really wanted to get rid of the Spider-Man Mary Jane marriage. And I think it just came from a place of, they ran out of stories that they could tell for a married man and figured it would be easier for a single Spider-Man with no attachments to have some more storytelling stuff, which is, again, you know, at the time I was too young to really care about that sort of thing. I enjoyed the story for what it was and it propelled them in a nice new direction. Uh, but I could see why people would be really upset with that because, the, I mean, they're a match made in heaven. I love Gwen and I'll always love Gwen, but I just threw out all of my readings of Mary Jane. Him and Mary Jane are a match made in heaven. So it was really shocking when they they had to go through that in the story. And I can see where there'd be some controversy, but it's still worth a read because the story's really good. And the art, Joe Casada is just so, I, he's one of my favorite comic book artists. I have a, I, uh, kind of a book of like the art of Joe Casada, just because I, there's something about his art. It's so realistic, but it's also very stylized. And uh, I find that really cool. I really like that. And so, uh, you know, where's he going to get this money? He's, he's a man on the run. Uh, he ends up going to Iron Man. So this issue is him confronting Iron Man and he beats the crap out of Iron Man. And this was another really cool one. This was around that time when they started really showing that Peter Parker isn't just small potatoes compared to the other Avengers, uh, because he's way smarter than most of the Avengers. He's also way stronger than most of the Avengers. So you'd see a lot and you see it here where he can go toe to toe with a fully suited Iron Man and uh, in a way kind of still win. And that was really cool to see, but he's basically beating up Tony and, you know, he webs him up in this really cool cocoon and is trying to tell him, like, you caused this. You're the one who told me to unmask. You're the one who said that this would be a good idea. And I told you that it wouldn't be a good idea. I told you that people were going to get hurt. That's why I never reveal my identity. And look where that's at now. My aunt is in the hospital. And he says, and you're going to pay for it because you liked Aunt May. Like, you you loved her. And you said that nothing would happen to her. And now look where she's at. So he's essentially rightfully so guilting iron man into using a very paltry sum of his fortune to uh, help with hospital bills and i liked this because he says to he says to peter though he's like you know i can't help you because if i do that's kind of compromising me on my end you know like uh i can't be seen helping out a fugitive who's wanting from the state and he gets so mad and then he leaves Uh, But then the next day, Jarvis shows up at the hospital and says, you know, my my good cousin, my cousin May Parker is in here 
And uh, I want to make sure that she gets the best care ever. And he writes a check to the hospital for like $2 million. And uh, it just was so cool to see that even though Iron Man couldn't publicly or privately help him, that Jarvis was able to kind of do it as a surrogate. And so now she's kind of just, and the doctor even says at this point, which is really sad. He says, there's nothing we can do. Like your aunt is going to die. We're just making this the most comfortable life that she can have in these final hours. And it's just so sad. And he's like, there's got to be, he's like, that's not it. That can't be it. There's, there's got to be more than this. And so that's what leads us into the, um, the next issue, which is a uh, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man 24. And in this issue, uh, he goes to Dr. Strange. And so he goes there and begs him. He says, you know, there's uh, and, and I even saved a panel on here because I liked it so much. Um, you know, Dr. Strange is trying to explain to him. He says, we all die, Peter, you, me, and those we love most dearly. We cannot change that. All we can control is whether or not those we love die alone. I have lost many of those I loved. And when I think back on them, I do not regret that I loved them. Only that in so many cases, I was not there to do what is perhaps the most important thing of all. I was not there to say goodbye. He says, if your aunt passed away right now, this moment, and you were not there to hold her hand and tell her you loved her and let that love carry her across to the other side, you would regret it every day for the rest of your life. Stop blaming yourself for the inevitable. Savor the time you had, go to your aunt and give her every moment of your love. There is no greater gift you can give her right now. Goodbye, Peter. And he, you know, sends him, sends him on his way and tries to tell him, you know, I can't. And uh, so that's essentially what the second issue of this story is, is him begging Dr. Strange that there has to be something that he can do. And by the end of this issue, we find out maybe there is, but not from Dr. Strange. And this is where, uh, and I know many of us, we've been waiting for this moment. We've been waiting for this vindication in the Marvel Universe and uh, for those of you just reading comics for the first time, here it is from the MCU, Mephisto confirmed. We find that Mephisto is the one that might be able to help Peter Parker. And so that leads us into the third issue, Sensational Spider-Man issue 41. Uh, and we really get a cool um, kind of Christmas carol type of ghosts of the past, present and future, much like in Happy Birthday. Uh, and Mephisto is essentially showing him, uh, and he doesn't realize it at the time because obviously he's grief stricken and he doesn't know what to do with himself, um, but he sees all these other versions of himself. He sees this guy who's a little stockier, a little nerdier, and I, I took a screenshot of this panel of this guy explaining what's going on because he basically is walking in like downtown New York and he shows about this park and there's a couple of characters there and so he, they're, they're talking and so there's a guy that's, uh, he says, so we play games and we read books because the world we got isn't the world we thought we were supposed to get. The world we thought we'd been promised by somebody because things didn't turn out the way they were supposed to. So we go someplace else. And this is a, basically a Peter Parker who uh, was ridiculed his whole life. And so he thought the world was going to be what it was and it wasn't. And so now he's a, <laughs> and that's why I took a screenshot. He's a gamer. He's escaping into the gamer reality. Uh, but we see that version of himself. We see an old man version of himself who is very bitter and mean, somebody who used their smarts uh, to kind of destroy all of his enemies like Flash Thompson. But then we also see this woman, a woman in red. And she says, you know, I've always been right here. And this woman is, is talking with him as well. She says, you know, there's some cultures that believe we have dream selves each as real as our waking selves, each living alternate lives, alternate futures, alternate destinies, and that it's only at the crossroads of the dreaming that we meet them. And he says, sorry, I never believed in any of that stuff. And she says, well, that's too bad because you just met some of them on your way here. Um, you know, she says, you see, our destinies are written not in huge brushstrokes, but in the tiniest, finest of details, a missed cab, a party unattended, a field trip to a lab, a slender web in the right place at the right time. 
And uh, we, this issue is, you know, again, the last issue kind of hinted at it and you see it through, uh, they called her the woman in red. And it was this girl who looked a little bit like Mary Jane, but was a kid. And she's kind of walking him through this area of, of flashbacks of a sense. And so you're kind of, you kind of know who it is. I mean, if you, if you're, uh, if you're good at guessing, you know, pretty easy, that looks like a child of uh, possibly Mary Jane and Spider-Man. Uh, from maybe an alternate future but by the end of this sensational issue Mephisto finally reveals himself and says I am the only one that can save your aunt and he says Mephisto and I gotta tell you I mean if you if you were looking for what a good uh, drawing of Mephisto was look no further than Joe Casada drawing Mephisto because he just does such a good job and he essentially tells him you know hey um, he says I deal in the currency of misery loss despair hopelessness pain they are as sweet to me as the most beautiful music ever composed i will go anywhere do anything for the sound of a soul in pain and he says you know i can save mary jane i'm sorry i can save aunt may but it's going to cost you and he says what's that cost and that's that this is this final issue amazing spider-man 545 and um, he basically says, I will save Aunt May, but in, in return, I want your marriage. I want your marriage between you and Mary Jane because and he explains it as uh, the, and I, I didn't take a screenshot of it, but he essentially explains it to him as like, your marriage, your love is one of the most purest forms of happiness ever. That like, it, you know, it is so pure. It is so perfect. I want that because you don't get it very often. And so I would love to take that from you, which makes a lot of sense from a Mephisto point, but uh, was, you know, really tough nonetheless. And so he's with Mary Jane at this point, And he says, you know, I got to make this decision with her. And she says, oh, and this, this was, I mean, I cried when I read it. I got emotional when I read it again, because again, I really believe in them as a couple, but she says just a few seconds more, listen to me, Peter, listen to me. And this is as the spell's going, you know, it's like when the clock strikes 12 sort of situation. And she says, I know in my heart of hearts that you and I were always meant to be together. Whatever he throws at us, whatever he does, whatever he undoes, it doesn't matter because whatever he does to pull us apart would have to be bigger and stronger than what brought us together and kept us together, no matter what happened. And there is no power in the universe big enough for a job like that. Not the devil, not God, not anybody. And so they kind of embrace and they cry together in their hotel room because uh, they're, they they're on the run. So they had to hide in the hotel. And we get this really beautiful, absolutely gorgeous splash page of just some memories of them, of you know him meeting Mary Jane for the first time, web swinging around the city with her. Um, this gorgeous shot from the uh, sensational Spider-Man annual, or is either that or spectacular Spider-Man, where they're up on top of a, a really tall tower together, them getting married, uh, riding a bike together, just really, really sad. And and then the next scene is nothing. And then, you know, the spell goes, we see a new world. Aunt May is alive. Peter Parker is single again, and he's on the way to a party. And the final toast of the cheer, uh, they do a toast at this party. Everyone's there. Harry Osborne, Mary Jane is there, and she kind of recognizes Peter, but not really. And uh, they all cheer to a brand new day, which... Uh, is part of the controversy because then from that came the brand new day saga, which was a thrice monthly comics of Spider-Man in his new situation. And it was so funny because um, then that was really the only gripe I had because I loved it at that point. You got uh, issue 546. Uh, you go from Joe Casada to Steve McNiven and you go from uh, J. Michael Straczynski to a cavalcade of writers. They did ta they tag teamed it. They had multiple writers handling it. And uh, we don't know what the heck is going on. It feels like you've lost time. Spider-Man is in this brand new, you know, a brand new world in a sense, a brand new day. No one knows who he is. No one knows that he's Spider-Man, which you were like, so is that because of the marriage? Like, what? I, I don't understand. There's a lot of confusion to it. But it, and I think that's part of the convoluted storyline that people complained about. Again, I, I wasn't one of those complainers, but I get it. I wanted to know that story. And that actually leads us to this third one. So uh, it took them again from issue 545 
all the way to issue 638. So almost 100 issues later, they decided to go over what actually happened. And so this story was told by Joe Casada with art by, um, I believe a little bit by Steve McNiven, but also Paolo Rivera, uh, if I'm remembering right. And this story is called One Moment in Time. And so it is essentially, here's what happened in that moment, excuse me, that moment in time when they were making the deal with Mephisto. And this all comes from, uh, oh yeah, I see it here. And I'm looking, I'm looking at my things here, my little, my spots. He's got that beautiful toast of Brandy Day. So yeah, Joe Casada, Paolo Rivera. And uh, I, I took screenshots of the covers because the covers were absolutely gorgeous as well. And there's a bit in One More Day where Mary Jane whispers to Peter Parker and you never know what she says. And that is how this story opens up. And so before we dive into this story, <clears throat> call outs to No Way Home. Um, I think obviously the whole idea of him wanting to forget that he's Spider-Man kind of stems from this One More Day idea of it being a very controversial choice. And because the aftermath of One More Day was that everyone forgot that he's Spider-Man. But the true heart of that in No Way Home comes from uh, the this one moment in time. And I think the only thing you could pull from it in a sense is the idea of MJ no longer being married to Peter in a sense, her also forgetting that um, that he's Spider-Man and, and, and or that she knows that he's Spider-Man, uh, but she doesn't know anything much more than that. So there, again, a lot of mysteries that all end up being solved in here. So the first panel, we get to see what Mary Jane whispered. She says, I know Peter. He will never make this deal with you, never, ever, unless I ask him to. But if I do, this is the end of it. You leave him alone for the rest of his days. And she says, uh, he says, agreed. As far as I'm concerned, this never happened. And that's kind of the opener. And I loved it. They combined multiple artists. They showed Joe Casada in those scenes. Uh, but then they also have Paolo Rivera doing some of the other things. And we get to see this story. Uh, and it starts as a story where Spider-Man's catching this criminal who ends up making a kind of bigger deal than normal. That uh, uh, And I, I took a screenshot of this spot. He's fighting this guy falling off a, a building. And he says, hold tight. I'm actually not Spider-Man, but I did stay in a Holiday Inn last night, and uh, which was pretty funny. He obviously is Spider-Man. Uh, but we get just some great shots. A again, 100 issues later, we kept getting this will they, won't they, who are they sort of thing. And we find out Mary Jane does know that he's Spider-Man. She comes over to his apartment and is essentially saying, we need to talk. You know, I've been holding this in for so long. I need to get this off my chest. And we keep having it, you know, issues talking about it. You're, we're not wanting to. And so uh, there's just this great shot at the end of the first issue where she's pouring a giant glass of wine. And he says, you know what? I think we're going to need more tea. And she says, yeah, you go do that, Tiger. And she just looks absolutely exhausted because she knows that this conversation is going to be really hard. And so we get in the second issue flashbacks to Aunt May dying in the hospital and, uh, and, and him saving Aunt May. And so what ends up happening in this reality, we find out, you know, okay, how did Aunt May survive? They kind of, Mephisto tweaked some things in the timeline. And so what happens is, as Aunt May is kind of getting into a bad spot, I think Peter kind of does like a Heimlich chest compressions type thing and saves her. And so there's this bit at the end of the issue where she says, oh my God, Peter, like you did it. You saved him. You saved her. And uh, from there though, uh, we, you know, saved, but at the same time, they all still know that. So that's, that's what we, we figured it out, right? That's the, the Aunt May portion. So we now know what happened and how Mephisto pulled this off. So in uh, losing his marriage. And we find that out through a ton of really tragic flashbacks where they actually used comic panels from the original wedding issue uh, and other multiple issues, and then tweaked some certain spots to show you what actually happened, that Peter didn't make it to the wedding. Mary Jane calls off the wedding and says that, you know, I, I can't be in love with Spider-Man. Like I, I, I love Peter Parker, but I can't be in love with Spider-Man. And eventually by the end, I think she realizes she could be, but it's a little too late, but we still haven't figured out how did everyone forget that he's Spider-Man. And so from here, yes, Aunt May, her life is saved, but the Kingpin still has a hit out on Spider-Man and who, those he loves. 
And so this guy, ironically, that Peter saves in the first issue ends up being the guy that's trying to kill Mary Jane. He's, you know, stalking around and uh, uh, hit her aunt's house. And Spider-Man tries to stop him. You know, we get some pieces. Mary Jane doesn't die. But at this point, he says, you know, this is too much. And so he takes Mary Jane to Dr. Strange. And here's where we get a very, very overt call outs to No Way Home. And so, you know, he says, Dr. Strange is kind of working on Mary Jane and says, uh, she, he says, I've cast a healing spell to help her with the migraine that will follow. However, she'll sleep for some time, but she's not the reason you came back here. What's on your mind, Peter? And he says, you're right, Doc, I need a favor. And he says, he says, another favor? I thought your aunt was on the mend. He says, yeah, but for how long? I blew it, Strange. I did the one thing I promised myself I'd never do. I put my family in the crosshairs and no matter how many times I go over to my head, I keep coming back to the same thing. I need the world to forget that I'm Spider-Man. And he says, Peter, I, I don't. He says, stop, doc. I know what I asked for earlier, saving May's life. Well, it was wrong. But I know that if you could do this, if you, I know that you could do this if you wanted to. And he says, Peter, it's not that simple. He says, stop it. I know you can do it. You've done it before. And Strange says, Peter, he says, I'm sorry, Stephen. It's this everything. It's all my fault. I've got nowhere else to go, which is identical to what happens in No Way Home of him showing up and begging Doctor Strange to make everyone forget that he's Spider-Man, not because of him, but because of all of the people that he loves. And so this issue ends with Doctor Strange meeting with Tony Stark and Reed Richards to uh, talk. He says, so what do you say, gentlemen? And it's like, oh, okay, what is, what is this about? They're all meeting on the astral plane. And so we see in this final issue that Dr. Strange is talking and meeting with, uh, with them to say, hey, you know, we did this in the past. We actually used a memory forgetting spell for the century. For those of you that know or are familiar with the century, I love the century. And one of his storylines is he was so powerful and also so dangerous that they made the entire world forget that he was the century and they only made, I think he says he only made Iron Man remember, which, and so he says, who wants to remember that it's Spider-Man and Iron Man's like, I don't think it should be me basically. But so they're, they're, they're figuring out. And then he says, all right, well, you know, it's, it's decided I'm going to, I'm going to cast the spell. And as he's casting the spell and the spell is essentially around Peter. So basically everyone except for Peter Parker is going to know, is going to not know. And he busts out of this little sphere and Strange says, Peter, what are you doing? He says, I can't do it, Doc. I've got no choice. I love her too much. And he grabs Mary Jane and he says, I can't live a life with her. That's a lie. And there is no life for me without her. And he takes her inside of the sphere together to essentially say that everyone except the two of them will forget that he's Spider-Man. So he's pulling Mary Jane into the spell, uh, much the same way that he says, you know, I want to include Mary Jane. I want to include Ned. Uh, so it doesn't have as catastrophic of what happens in the original happy birthday. Uh, but this is where things get really fascinating. So the spell happens and he says, come on, baby, let's go. And the there's a next scene where they're back in the hotel. And this is the exact, they do the exact same scene from one more day where he is in the hotel with her and Mephisto isn't there, but they have the exact same conversation. And it's, it's actually scary because She's laying in bed. I took this screenshot of her just eyes wide open as they're laying in bed because she knows that he's Spider-Man and she knows what he did to make everyone forget. And I, you, you kind of sense it from this moment and that we get that exact same shot of her essentially saying, you know, like what, this wasn't your call to make Peter. Like I, you did not even ask me for my permission uh, I can't believe you, all of that sort of stuff. And she says, and it's so heartbreaking. She says, I wanted to forget. I didn't want to know that you were Spider-Man. Like all of that, all that it has done is made me miserable in my life in a sense. And uh, again, very tragic, very sad, but kind of lines up. And I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can find the exact, uh, the exact spots of it in here. Cause the conversation is just very, very, very sad, but you know, they all end up successfully forgetting, uh, which was nice. And so they're sitting in their room. And yeah, and so he says, she's just like, just, you know, don't talk for a minute. Just please, can you please just make this be silent? And he says, she says, don't just, I have to get through this in my own way. 
And she says, I can't, you know, I can't keep this together. I'm, she says, I'm going to ask you something, Peter. I'm going to be selfish here and I'm going to ask you something. And I don't, I don't want you to hate me for asking this. And she says, you know how much I love you. You've done as much as anyone could ever hope over these last few weeks, but keeping to keep us safe. But this, this thing, the idea of it, I'm having trouble with what, Peter, you've always tried so hard to do the right thing. What if this time the right thing? And he says, don't, don't even say it. And he says, you know, you're not saying anything I haven't thought about already. You know, I got hit with a bullet. I just, I couldn't live with myself. And so you get this interesting piece that almost was in a way sort of reminiscent to Spider-Man 3, where he says, you're right, MJ, I'm responsible. Even if I try to tell myself that I'm not, I know in my heart that I am, but I was offered a chance to change it. And I took it. And if I hadn't, I couldn't live with that, MJ. I just couldn't live with myself. I'd break in two. And she says, well, that's just great. And she said, he says, it, is, it, is, it that, is it that simple? You can't see it, can you? And he says, MJ, I thought this is what you would have wanted. I just thought you'd be happy. I did this for everyone we love. I did this for us. He says, for us or for you, Peter? And he says, whatever it is you're trying to say, MJ, just say it. And she says, oh, God. Why didn't you just let me forget too? I just wanted to forget. And he says, you know, hey, hey. And she's like, just stop, Peter. I'm trying. I really am. But I remember all of it, every detail. And no matter how I try, this is bad. This is really bad. MJ, what are you saying? Oh, God, Peter, I know I promised. I promised I would never. And she says, what are you saying? And she, he says, this can't be happening. I don't understand. What more do I have to do? I fixed it. And she says, yes, but for how long? Peter, look at me. You know what I'm talking about. How long before you make a mistake, before someone rips off your mask or figures out who you are? And then what? The cycle starts all over again? It's not like I didn't always know that being Spider-Man's girl was a risky thing. But after May and Anna, uh, her, her aunt, uh, and after that maniac said he was going to go after my entire family, innocent people, people who had no idea you were Spider-Man, it wasn't until then, until that very moment, that I truly knew what Spider-Man's girl meant. It's not you putting them in danger. It's me. I just didn't see it clearly. Sometimes you being Spider-Man is so surreal that it seems like a game, but it's not a game anymore. And then he's, you know, he tries to stop her and she says, please, Peter, just stop. I have to think. It's probably the hospital. There's a phone ringing in the background. She's like, it's probably the hospital. You know, you need to be by, by her side. And she says, and I, lo I love you, Peter Parker. And then they say bye. And uh, then he's, it says, face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot. But it's Peter saying it to May. And, you know, MJ at this point is just kind of going on and doing, you know, his own thing. And we get back into the main story, into the main universe. And Peter says, you know what? You're right. Talking this through helped a lot. Thanks, MJ. And she, he says, she says, I wrote you a letter, you know. And he's like, you what? She's like, yeah, before I left, I wrote you a letter. She says, I wrote it and I threw it out. I realized it felt too much like the end of some cliche chick flick. And he says, she said, he says, what did it say? And she says, it said, uh, and then she kisses him and says, it said, I love you. I love you. And I wish I was strong enough to be with you, Peter Parker but I'm not. And I don't ever, I don't know if I ever will be. And you need to find someone who is, and you need to move on. And he says, I just, I don't know how. And she says, you know, I'm right. You, you've been sitting here wondering, waiting for something that isn't going to happen. You need to get on with your life, Peter. There's someone wonderful out there for you. But if you don't let go of this, you may never find her, even if she's standing right in front of her right in front of you. And he says, I know MJ. She says, you're going to be okay, Peter. We're both going to be okay. And he says, this is the, the end of the issue, says, today, my best friend, the best person I've ever known, set me free. Today, for the first time in a long time, I feel like my destiny is my own, like I can take on anything that life has to throw me. Today, today feels like a brand new day. And we kind of get now the full circle story of Spider-Man and his weird relationship with Mary Jane in that one more day issue. So uh, did it stand up to the te test of time? 
I'm not sure. I had never read it until I read it for this uh, endeavor for uh, comics and cinema. I'd always wanted to. And it's so funny. I like, you know, there's a million things to read on Marvel Unlimited. And it just always ended up, I was like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I'm really glad that I read it this way right after reading One More Day. It made a lot more sense. It made things feel even more meaningful, which was just so cool. Again, um, a lot of controversy around that original One More Day storyline. And I feel, I personally feel like it made everything make a lot more sense. And it was cool to tie in with No Way Home. So when you're looking at it in that regard, what does that mean? Um, you know, at the end of Spider-Man, everyone forgets that he's Spider-Man, including Mary Jane. And so maybe they're taking that hint of, you know, setting him free and setting him to pursue whatever it is that he needs to do in this brand new day that he's have or, or is now having. And I know we talked about it in that episode, but it's just so crazy to think how all three of these Spider-Man movies essentially were a preview for what's to come for Spider-Man. Like this was his origin story, all three of them. And it's just so sad that part of that origin story is him losing Mary Jane and his best friend, Ned. Uh, but again, precedent for it in the comics and uh, even more stories were told. And I'll even say, spoiler alert, for those of you straight up keeping up with uh, the Amazing Spider-Man story, last issue I read was the, the big uh, issue 750, I believe, issue 74 uh, from, um, from Nick Spencer's run. And he kind of gets back with Mary Jane in that one. And he, uh, Nick Spencer kind of puts Mary Jane back with Peter in a really great way. So there's always hope. There's, you know, even though it seems really tragic right now, we shouldn't give up. We can always know that one way or another, Peter Parker is going to be okay. It's just, he always ends up having to go through the ringer to uh, make sure that he is okay. So hopefully you all enjoyed these issues as much as I did. I thought they were fantastic. Um, I have no idea what the future is going to hold for comic issues for next year. So I won't announce any right now. I do have some plans uh, once things get a little more finalized with the TV shows, we'll probably tie some in there. I also wanted to do a couple of new event series that I've been really wanting to read. So stay tuned on that. I'll announce them as they come. But for comics and cinema, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we will see you at the movies. Thank <laughs> you.